0: Log Talk Radio. www.theclowntimes.net and you'll be able to find me on Facebook, engage in all sorts of tomfoolery. But at any rate, just do a Google, not Google search, but I was about to say, uh, just do a search in the upper left hand window of uh, Facebook. Just type in the Clown Times, getting it's Clown, spell the cave, before find me there. Uh, even though, as I said earlier, that tonight's the week one, the official week one, um, the beginning of week one of the NFL season, we had a spectacular college football week one, and to help me talk about it, is my man. You can check him out on the sports law called All Things uh, ACC. Um, he's Jeff Fan, otherwise goes by Jeff or Jeffrey Fan. So, Jeff, it's been good, man. How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good, Scott. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty well, man. This, this is, this is. I, hey, I tell people that this is God's time of the year because you got college and pro football going. Week one of college football last week, you know, and week one NFL season starting this week. But this is great. I waited like nine months for this, man. This is spectacular. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Actually, I'm sure you are.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Last week was like uh, Christmas morning on Saturday <laughs> for me.
0: <laughs> Dude. <laughs> It's just freaking spectacular. At any rate, speaking of speaking of week one, um, again, this is a week one. This past week was a week one to remember all these matchups, Oklahoma, uh, Houston, LSU, Wisconsin, um two let's just say clips into Auburn just because of how people think Auburn would finish. And, you know, yeah. Alabama S C and last but not least, Florida State and Oh Miss, just to name a few. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So, what were your surprises coming in from like uh, for Week One? Um, I,
1: I think my my number one surprise was probably the way Houston, <clears throat> the way Houston just dismantled Oklahoma. Uh, I don't think anybody was really too surprised that they, you know, that they won the game or that they were capable of winning in the game, but. Uh, They they really dominated the game, and, I mean, that that blew a lot of people's preseason, you know, pick, playoff pick, Oklahoma, and, I mean, they were just beating on both lines of Yeah, they were just completely beaten on both lines of scrimmage by Houston, and, um, you know, it's it's really interesting now because Houston is, is very capable of being able to run the table, for the rest of the season right. until they get to play Louisville, which is probably their next most difficult game, and Louisville is very good too. And and then right. they are in the playoff discussion. They're going to be a very interesting case if they can if they can win out and and be a team that has beaten the Louisville and Oklahoma. That that was probably my biggest my biggest surprise. Not that they won, but but the way and the ease of which they won that game. Right,
0: right. And there's the thing. I mean, I remember watching that BW three like, uh, for, 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 for those who don't know, that's Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, I, was, like, <laughs> I was just looking at, I know it's not old when I just said that, but uh, I was just watching, I mean, the first few minutes of the game, you'd think it was the exact opposite would what happened. You'd think like Oklahoma would just wax the field with Houston because they went down, literally just marched down the field, just running the ball down Houston's throat. But Houston kept fighting their Brazilians, and all of a sudden, right after the second half, punctuated, uh, situated by that kick six. That was awesome. Um, right. Very Auburn-esque, if you will. Sorry, Alabama fans. But um, <laughs> that, I mean, they just, I mean, from halftime on, man, Houston just, I mean, just, they they whooped that ass. I mean, they really showed, they bullied around Oklahoma. Oklahoma was supposed to be the bullies that game. And right. I wrote this in my blog that like early week that Houston, I mean, to your credit, like to your point, they're legit. They are yeah. I mean, shoot, if they if, if the I mean the 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 like I almost said the Atlantic Athletic Conference, but the American Athletic Conference, the A C it's pretty down this year across the board outside of Houston. I mean who's gonna challenge them? I mean Memphis, Cincinnati, Navy? I mean all those guys are down and all, all, what, what, what it comes down to, to your point, it's a two-game season for Houston. Oklahoma and Louisville late in the season, which we'll get to Louisville in a moment. But if they win those two games and dominate the hell out of the AAC, which I think they will, you can't deny them a spot. You, you cannot deny Houston a spot at 13-0 and two wins over Oklahoma and Louisville, two power five teams. You, you, no, they, they, I, they just can't
1: be denied. I, I absolutely agree with you that if they run the table, they go undefeated and they beat Louisville and they have the win over Oklahoma. That you know, if, if you have four undefeated Power Five teams, okay, you you have some debate about whether you let let them in. But
0: right.
1: if an, unde, an undefeated Houston team uh, deserves a spot over any one loss Power Five team. From from any conference, in my opinion,
0: right. And and, and I totally agree with you there. And again, it's only week one, but I think it's just going to be one. It's going to be it's going to be a special season for Houston, I think. And how about Texas? Right quick, Texas. I mean, a lot of people are saying Texas back. I, I'm trying to start on the club because I'm a big fan of Charlie Strong and his discipline and what he does uh, for his players. Like he, he does it the right way, in my opinion. Um, the, the way they showed resiliency against um, Notre Dame and the fact that that freshman, Shane Buschelli, it, he, look at, he looks pretty damn good out there. I mean, he was slinging it. And, you know, the way they mixed him and um, after, uh, I forget the other kids, like, like Tomo Swoops, the 18-wheel package. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's – I expect big things from Texas after they won. I figured they'd be better this year, but the way they showed the heart that they did against to come from behind against a good, who well, I think is a good Notre Dame team, looked the hell out. And that's and again, that's great because I'm a big fan of Charlie Strong, and I think this is the year that it all comes together and to we'll finally start leaving him alone in terms of job security.
1: Yeah, I think I think a lot of people were happy to see Charlie Strong win. Like you said, he does things the right right way. You know, he came in and and instilled discipline in that in that Texas program that had, you know, gotten yes, lazy. And it took a while. It took a while, but you know, they've got that. They're starting to have that toughness that that Charlie Strong teams had when 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 he was at Louisville. And, and like you said, the the freshman quarterback Bruchelle, and I mean there are several. You know, you were seeing like the next crop of great young quarterbacks for, in the country. You saw Bruchelle there at, at Texas and Easton with Georgia and. DeAndre Francois lighting up Ole Miss, um, so I think you you've seen the next crop of great young uh, quarterbacks in college football. But you know, back to Texas, you know I'm not sure if defensively they're, they're there, um, you know enough to be a playoff or really a playoff team. You know, people are already calling them dark horses. I'm not sure their defense is is good enough to go through the Big Twelve without a couple losses. But right. you know, they, they're they're turning it around. They have that freshman quarterback. Um, Swoops. They they went right there at the line of scrimmage with Notre Dame. Their offensive line, and and I know Notre Dame's defensive line is not what it was last year, but there's still some talent there, and they were able we're to move the that. ball really easily against the Irish the entire game, and and that's I, I can see Texas being a team that wins, you know, that goes nine and three or ten and two, and and really starts to approach what we would expect out of Texas. I think Charlie Strong is. It's finally, you know, getting the players that he wants and and turning in that program what what we thought he'd do maybe a little bit sooner. But, you know, it's good that they were patient enough with him because
0: everybody knows Charlie Strong is an excellent coach. Yes. Yes, he is. And uh, I would be remiss since you are an ACC guy, and I'm an ACC-centric person as well, uh, you know, big fan a blog and everything with you and and, and, uh, Hokey Mark uh uh writing the sales there, if you will, um we have to be we I, I appreciate we we're two proud ACC fans right about now. the way we the our conference performed against the SEC in particular, we went two and one against could even the three and zero with Larry Fedora didn't get in his own way once again um right yeah, you know, <laughs> Clipson, yeah exactly Clipson came. I mean, they won ugly, which is a good sign, against who I think, who who I thought was a good um, Auburn defense. I mean, they were better than I thought they would be. I mean, because Auburn, I knew they had athletes, have athletes, but the way they they shut Clemson down and made them win ugly was pretty damn impressive as far as I could say. And going in that environment and joining the Harris Stadium, that's a pretty uh, awesome environment, but not for the visiting team, of course. And yeah, so absolutely. to see them pull that up was great. And then um, Florida State manning up against Ole Miss or after Ole missus came and knocked them upside the head in the first half, came out and shut them down. I mean, shut them down to the point where, I mean, look, I was one of those fools at halftime who told the team, said, man, this week this is over. Let's just go. I'm going to go to bed. Um, and then woke up the next day, checked the score, I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> so, or, and I'm like, that's all the highlights. I'm like, it's like a tale of two halves, but give credit to Jim Fisher who once again proves why he's making such a big uh, paycheck and uh, that's his big seller, I should say, and the fact that you know his, his staff were able to adjust on the fly, which, you know, in the second half, which I thought was very impressive. And I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll slam left for doing that. But what, what, what are your thoughts on the ACC weekend?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, let's start with that. I'll uh, talk on that Florida State game. I mean, I, I watched that game, and it,
0: yeah, the second
1: half of Florida State, I, I was really almost in disbelief, the way right. they flipped the switch on what was happening in that game. Because I mean, we we know Ole Miss is, is a talented team. They have, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the SEC, and, and Chad Kelly, and I mean, they were just, uh, you know, dominating both lines of scrimmage. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook fumbles going into the end zone. Everything is just going wrong for Florida for Florida State. It's twenty-eight to six right before the half, and yeah. um and then they Florida State scores that touchdown, um, the Rudolph catch from from DeAndre Francois, and they come out in the second half and in my opinion they played the best half of football of any team in the entire country on Monday night and that includes what Alabama did against USC because Ole Miss is probably two touchdowns better than than USC and Florida State absolutely True. obliterated them and it, it was it was really reminding me almost of the of the 2013 team where you think you're in the game even when you fall behind and when they get going forget about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I, I mean, right. Exactly. Fr- 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 yeah. Francois was, was unbelievable. I don't think Florida state has to, you know, worry at all about that quarterback position anymore. We know Dalvin cook's going to, going to get going. Um, you know, there is a, maybe a little bit of a concern for Florida state is, is they're, they're getting pretty thin at, at linebacker, but I mean, that, that's a team that can win the national championship. If they play, if they, if they approach what they did to Ole Miss, um, so for Florida State yeah. going forward, we're we're looking ahead next week when they go to to Louisville. Um, with Clemson, I I don't think you know a lot of people were like, oh, what happened to Clemson? That that Auburn front four, I mean that's a front four of you know the Carl Lawson. These are five four uh-huh. and five star talent across their defensive line, and Auburn right. uh, recruits really well. Um, you know, if Clemson doesn't have a, they dropped a couple touchdowns during that game, and then they were in control of that game. You know, anyone that watched that, if there was, was never at any point during that that game that you felt like, oh, Auburn is fixing to, you know, take control. Clemson was in complete control of that game for 57 minutes and, until, for some reason, Dabo Sweeney, you know, goes goes forward on fourth down, fails to get it, and and Auburn has a chance for a hail mary at the. That, that was the one moment during the game that, well, wow, they could really lose this. But, you know, honestly, yeah. the defense um, completely controlled the game. Um, Dexter Lawrence, uh, you were talking about freshman quarterbacks. That's a freshman defensive tackle. He's going to be an All-American. I mean, it's his first yeah. game against a, a, a legitimate a stud. offensive it's line. Stud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be a stud. He's a, he's a beast out there. And his first game as a collegiate against a, a pretty – you know, not a great offensive line, but a pretty good one, and and he just absolutely was everywhere. And and he's going to even be better. And we know Deshaun Watson and all those talented wide receivers. You know, they're they're going to get it together. It's just too much talent there. So, you know, that right. was a game that the criticism I thought was a little bit strange because Clemson really controlled the game, and you know their offense to come together. To me, the real question mark was, hey, is the defense? you know going to be up to the previous couple of years standard and we know uh, auburn is pretty bad on offense but the way they could get into the backfield with the ease that they did and controlled everything auburn tried uh, i think clemson is right on schedule uh, they're going to, they're going to be just fine um the north carolina game like you mentioned uh, that's a game that north carolina probably should have won up 24-14 uh, like yes, you said, it was Larry Fedor, <laughs> <laughs> The difference in that game was really simple. Uh, Kirby Smart gave the ball, I think, 32 times to his, uh, yep. you know, his great running back, Nick Chubb, and Elijah that's Hood correct. has
0: 10 carries, and that's the yeah, difference in the inexcusable. game. <laughs> inexcusable, inexcusable. I mean, Larry Fedora did this crap last year against South Carolina. His running back got yep. going. He wanted Rockies Williams, who was obviously having a bad game, to be the hero. Right. And it blew up in his faces. The two, what, two, three interceptions in the red zone, two in the end zone? I mean, right. it was just, and, and, and that South Carolina team stuck. And then this year, against a much more talented Georgia team, of course, you're up 10 points. You come on the second half, kickoff return, scored at a touchdown. You were leading, you lead a great, a very good Georgia team by 10 in which was a de facto road game in the Georgia Dome. Right. You finished that off. You finished them off. You got you you got two studs, not one but two studs at running back. You don't know to give the ball to them both and combine nineteen times. Really?
1: Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> really? mean,
0: uh, golly.
1: If, if, if he would remember that he's. Always, ha- always has probably the best running back in the game. And, okay, and that one, you know, you could argue Nick Chubb is is better, but, you know, you, you've got one of the ten best running backs in the country, and he gets ten carries in a game like that. That's, that's, in, that's inexcusable. I mean, I think that's where right. the difference between Larry Fedora and what you said when you talked about Jimbo Fisher and his adjustments, even though Ole Miss was really – um concentrating on taking away the run uh from from Florida State. Seminoles made sure they got the ball in Dalvin Cook's hands out on screens and swing passes right. and he still got the ball in his hands and made plays and even when he made his when the ball came out of his hands during that touchdown run, he still got the ball in the second half. They still tried right. to run him, uh even if it wasn't very successful. They made sure, you know, one of their best offensive players was gonna get the ball and for some reason, Larry Fedora is, is afraid to use the best player on his offense in big games, and it cost him for the second year in a row. Until he figures that out, you know, they are, they're they're going to continue to lose games that they have, you know, games like that where they have a, an opportunity for a big win. They're going to continue
0: to lose them until he figures that out. <laughs> Dude, I mean, if Carolina – and the they're, staff was, they are a very talented team. I'd this is guy – for knowing who's at NC State a but who hates Carolina with, uh, with a passion, they have a fabulous, talented squad. I mean, yeah. if they want to ever get taken seriously, they're going to win games. And Larry Fedor has to not coach up his ass and, do, and just use common sense. Stop being cute. Stop letting your quarterback want to be the hero. You, you got, to your point, you got most of more likely all the games this year aside from the Georgia game. The best running back on the field. Use them. You got two good running backs. Use them. Don't be stupid. Right. Don't be stupid. I mean, it's, I, I, felt, I just laughed out loud when when I saw Carolina blow that lead because I said to myself, I know Larry Ferdinand is messing up. I know Larry Ferdinand is not giving the ball to his bell cow. I know, like, like he's Megan Trubisky, who's a very talented young man, very talented young quarterback. Right. You know, you know, though like, have like having to draw it up to throw the ball from the, a screen pass from his own end zone. You know what I mean? And that was preceded by a, well, I thought even though that was a bad call that he protested, a stupid fifteen yard unsportsmanlike sports like counter penalty that pushed him back to the guard, which which made that safety happen for him. I mean, it's it basically you know, the lost his poise he didn't coach smart, and that trickled down to his team, and that was the difference in the game. Georgia was smarter than Carolina. That's that's where it boiled down to. Yeah, I, I
1: definitely agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: um, one more thing. I'll be remiss if I didn't talk about. It. Look, I know they beat Charlotte, USC Charlotte. I know USC Charlotte is like an FBS team, you know, and the Conference USA. But eight touchdowns and a half is eight touchdowns and a half. All by Lamar uh Jackson. Mm-hmm. He is a bona fide stud. I I dude, I am I am afraid for the rest of the A C C outside of Clemson and Florida State to have to deal with that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you know, I mean just imagine three those three teams in the same division. Mm-hmm. I mean John Swafford must be granted from ear to ear right about now to have three potential top ten teams, to, you know, three top ten teams uh, come week three potentially in week three when Florida State has to Louisville uh, uh, to Saturday uh, like in, in week three. I think that you know Swafford couldn't have drawn up better, but I mean, who, I mean, damn, three powerhouses in the same division in the ACC. How about that? Take that critics. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Yeah that's going to be that's going to be great to see that little you know round robin of games with those quarterbacks Lamar Jackson and DeAndre Francois and Deshaun Watson. I mean we get to you yeah. know, see all those teams play each other and, and good luck to those defenses uh, you know trying to to control those those quarterbacks and and Louisville is, is legit. Like you said, that was, that was UNC Charlotte. So we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I mean, we saw what he could do against Texas A&M last year in the bowl game. I mean, he's a really talented uh, quarterback, you know, playing under, you know, the offensive mind of Bobby Petrino. Uh, Louisville is really, really a really good football team. And, 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 you know, that's going to be a test for Florida state when they, when they go up there, because. During the early part of that game, when when Chad Kelly, you know, was having a lot of success and um, you know, get picking up yards on the run, and if what I was thinking was, uh, you know, Chad Kelly is mobile, but he's not really a runner, and he doesn't have the skill set of a Lamar Jackson, and if right. at the first half, anyways, if if they're having the trouble with with the mobility of a Chad Kelly, what's Lamar Jackson going to do to them? And that's definitely something to. Uh, for Florida State to think about, and you know they did control Kelly in the second half, but I don't think that Lamar Jackson is going to be prone to the type of mental errors that that you see that you saw out of Chad Kelly either. So I I, I, I had a you know in my prediction I, I had Louisville earlier this year going ten and two, and I'm I'm still sticking by that, and uh, that's going yeah. to be a great game. We'll, we'll see just how maybe how good Louisville is. Uh, when they go up to, uh, you know, a little bit of a test to, up at Syracuse, I mean, if they go in there and just completely roll the orange, you're going to be like, okay, one thing to do it against Charlotte, and, Sy- and Syracuse is not great, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they're they're more a more legitimate opponent, and you're on the road, but I have a feeling Louisville is gonna is kind of in that game, too. <laughs> right,
0: yeah, I think so, too. I mean, Dino Babers is, seems to be fun to watch this year, but you know they, they probably won't stand a chance as Louisville At least this Friday night um, right. Speaking of the ACC And the SEC You know having this way with the SEC The SEC Lost six Out of conference games opening week That's been done right. in like Over 20 years Okay so LSU loses explicably in my opinion to Wisconsin um, Of course Ormiss losing to Florida State Ormiss losing to Clemson Kentucky losing to Southern Miss, <laughs> uh, Mississippi state losing their home to Southern Alabama. Okay. Tennessee yeah. <laughs> struggling with Appalachian state. And, you know, uh, what's going on at SEC? Are they like outside of Alabama? Are they, dare I say, overrated? <laughs> are they overrated?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no question about it. I mean, you know this isn't the SEC from 5 or 6 years ago you know when you right. when you had you know top 10 teams like LSU and Florida and Alabama you know the, the SEC is down and it it has been it has been declining for several for several years going back to probably 2013 when when Florida you know as a top 5 team got got really hammered by um uh, Louisville in the Sugar Bowl and uh, yep. LSU was a top 10 team, loses to Clemson in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Uh, they they had like a one in – I think one in six mark going into last season over the, something like the previous three years in big six bowl games. You know, Florida State finally stopped in that, that seven-year winning streak and then the, right. the well, well-documented 2014 bowl debacle, I would say, when the uh, – when the SEC West, when people were calling it the best division ever seen in the history of football, yeah. you know every one of the, the SEC, yeah, every one of the SEC West teams basically got blown out in their bowl games. You know, the TCU beating Ole Miss by basically forty points, forty-two to three. Georgia Tech running all over Mississippi State, and um, you know, so this isn't this isn't something new. I think it just kind of came together in one kind of surprising weekend where it's just like, okay, this, you know, the SEC has, they they play good football. Don't get me wrong. It's still a good football Mm -hmm. conference. It's not going anywhere, but, but when you see what happens, you lose six out of conference games and struggling so many others. And, you know, this is not like you're losing the top five teams. The the conference is absolutely down. Um, And, and to me, when I watch the SEC, The real reason is it's not that they don't still have a lot of great players. They still put the most players in the NFL, but the the quarterback play in the SEC is it's the worst in the country. There's not another power five conference with worse quarterback play than what you see in the, in the SEC. I mean, Dak Prescott, he's gone to the NFL. You saw what happened to Mississippi state. Chad Kelly is is considered the best quarterback in the Southeastern conference. And he wasn't even the best quarterback in the game, by the end of no, it, it against Florida State, <laughs> um, uh, I think there you know there's a little bit of hope, especially like at Georgia. The, the Jacob Eason is going to be a talent, and that's probably why Georgia's got right. a pretty good chance to 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 be a solid team. Um, but you know, you look at Georgia; they could be pretty good. A and M got a got a decent win at home against UCLA, um, but the rest of the conference, I mean, especially like LSU. I mean, that's an ultra talented team. With NFL yeah. players all over, it, Inex- and they can't throw a forward inexcusable. pass. <laughs> inexcusable!
0: Inexcusable!
1: Yeah. In- in- inexcusable! That they're as bad on offense as they were last year. So I mean, Alabama is in a category of its own. They're, they're still, you know, Alabama. They're they're going to be in a they're a national championship type team. Nick Saban, you know, just just has the at absolutely rolling in in Tuscaloosa. So when I talk about the SEC, I kind of exclude Alabama because they're just out there on their own just, you know, killing everyone. But but the rest of the conference is, is definitely, you know, the most of the rest of the conference is definitely down. And in my opinion, it's because the quarterback play has gotten so bad in the conference.
0: Right. The chickens are coming home to roost. I mean, you have inexperienced quarterbacks and come by, like, uh, like, Subpar play call. <laughs> you know, yeah. Outside exactly. I'm all miss too, you know, because at least those two squads are decent quarterbacks. I mean, I love that freshman, by the way, in Alabama. I, he's, he's, he, he's a stud. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's early. I know I, I'd like to say it's early, folks. It's early, but, I mean, shoot, come on. I mean, people are hyping to the Seeds quarterback with Josh Dobbs as the next. I heard someone say this. That's the next uh, 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 um, uh, Deshaun Watson, I'm like, what the hell did he just say? <laughs> like, yeah, really? I think
1: I think uh, it was a a reporter or some journalist out of Tennessee, and I was like, you you can't be serious to come yeah. even. I mean, Dobbs can't even approach uh, Deshaun Watson, and you saw him against App State. He's, you know, he he he's got some athleticism to him, and that, that's for sure. But you know, if, if this is like the Coming into the season, if that's the second or third best quarterback in the SEC, you see the problem with the conference. Mm-hmm. Dobbs is a—he's an okay quarterback who's a pretty good athlete, and that's about as far as I'll take—you know—take
0: that with him. <laughs> right, right. So, no, yeah. So that's that's where homerism meets the need of drug testing. So, uh, <laughs> right, right. I don't think we <laughs> you it gotta. As close today. I don't think I hear that clown say that again. But uh, uh, we'll get down on this, pal. I know, like Carolina and Denver's playing right now. Carolina just scored a touchdown. It just may look like a, to be a, a shit, uh, shit about to be a low match for Denver. Um, I know week two is not as sexy in terms of matchups across the board as um, as week one was. I mean, week one was just still amazing. Um, there are plenty. There are a few matchups that. You got to keep an eye on, like, I, I'm curious to see and more excited to see, actually, Pitt and Penn State go at it after 16 years. Um, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to that matchup. And, and got to keep an eye on Virginia Tech and Tennessee, even though, I mean, it will be exciting to watch on television, but those poor folks at Bristol Motor <laughs> Speedway, they're, they're going to be, they're, they're just, those are the worst seats in the house. You need to buy nachos yeah. and see that damn game. You go to the game. So, what are some games? Other games? Do you think uh, may fit the bill to games to watch for in week two?
1: Well, definitely those two that you mentioned. You know, because cause we're you know ACC guys here, we're definitely gonna be paying right. attention to uh, Pittsburgh and Penn State. That that could be a, a you know early signature win for for Narduzzi and and the Pitt program. I think they're expecting seventy thousand there and. You know the ACC mm. fan bases are always kind of putting the question on on selling out their stadiums, and I'm sure a lot right. of Penn State fans will be there. But that's still going to be a great environment and great crowd there at Pittsburgh. Um, you know, the 150,000 expected at Bristol. Uh, you know, going to be tough for some of the fans there, but you know, it should be a great event on TV. That's a a good chance for um uh for the new coach Justin Fuente. And, you know, we get to see what the quarterback Evans from Virginia Tech can do against a pretty good Tennessee defense. Um, You know, could be an opportunity for a big early win um, for Virginia Tech as they kind of try to reestablish themselves. Uh, Another game I'm keeping an eye on is um, uh, TCU in Arkansas. Um, You know, Brett Malema, he's always the one kind of, you know, champion, how difficult it is playing in the SEC. Um, Well, you know, the the SEC is kind of – Going to have to come up with a couple of these bigger non-conference wins now, and and, and TCU is right. definitely a team that, um, you know, they go in there and they can they can beat Arkansas. It's another it's another out of conference loss for for the for the SEC. So that that one, I'm, I'm interested in also seeing what TCU and Arkansas do. Uh, BYU and Utah, that should be a really competitive game. That's a great rivalry out, cool. out west.
0: was cool. Yeah.
1: So I don't think the. Uh, I don't think the schedule, I mean, compared to week one, which was like an all-time, you know, weekend of football, week two has is still, is still got some, you know, intriguing games to to keep an eye on. You know, we'll, we'll uh, you know, see, you know, our Clemson's playing Troy, a game that should win easily, but we'll kind of watch to see if Deshaun Watson and the offense, you know, uh, get going in that game. So I think there's some, some storylines and some games to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, Louisville going on the road against Syracuse. Can can they just keep rolling like they did in game one?
0: Yep, yep. And you know, you know, the thing is, is too, is that, uh, you know, well, well, well. Before I go on, is that Arkansas TCU game? Is that a neutral side or is it like a home and home? Is that and is that TCU or is that Arkansas?
1: Uh, I want to say it's at one of their uh, one of their home sites. Here's a, you know the good thing about the internet, we can just kind of look it up real quick. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. We,
0: right. We don't, yeah. we don't remember one right off the top of our head. Right. Yeah. So, which is good because I love home and homes. I mean, as excited as those college ball games were last weekend, I love the home and homes. I'm, I'm old school. I, I like the breathe atmosphere on college campuses and everything else. So that'd be cool. But now that I'm off that soapbox. One, this this weekend coming up will prove anything. Is that it would be nice to have? I mean, it would be nice to have rivalry games like this. that We're about to see more often. I mean, as much as we love and get excited about conference expansion, it's killed rivalries. I mean, it killed. I mean, Pitt and West Virginia. It killed that rivalry. I mean, they're going to bring it back in six years, five or six years from now. But still, I mean, the fact of the matter is Penn, Pitt and Penn State should be playing every year. They have no business not playing for 16 years, as well as Utah and BYU. They should be playing every year. I mean, that's, and we won't get the Texas A&M, but, uh, you know, the fact that we have these games coming up on the slate, that's a beautiful thing. So I guess I'll take the good with the it is what it is type of thing. But, you know, it'll be, nice, be nice to see again, especially for this old timer right here who remembers those old school Pit and Penn State games in the mid to late eighties.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm about that, you know, that, that age too, where I remember those, those games in the, in the mid eighties and the late eighties. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I just looked it up that game. Arkansas is going to TCU, but you know, I, you know, a game okay. I always used to enjoy watching was, a was uh, the Oklahoma-Nebraska games back then. And, of course, like you said, the Texas-Texas A&M. And, you know, I'm, it looks like conference expansion is, is pretty much neared its, its end now, except for, you know, what the Big 12 is going to do. And hopefully we can, you know, get to a place where we go, you know, 10 or 15 years where everything stays relatively quiet and we can start developing right. those rivalries. Uh, you know, Louisville, Florida state type rivalry and Louisville and Clemson are something that would, would be a great rivalry. And now we see TCU and and we'll see if the big 12 takes Houston, but you know, wouldn't that be neat to have, you know, all those Texas teams in the big 12 playing each other. I I think that would be pretty neat if they, uh, you know, if they get that together. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping where we maintain the rivalries we have and, 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 Keep things stay stable enough, which I think they, you know, they're about to, uh, where the new rivalries can develop
0: going forward. Right. Well said. Hey Jeff, thanks a lot for joining me, bro. And enjoy this like, tonight's game and week one of the NFL season. All
1: right. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, you guys. That's my man Jeff Fan. From you know, check him out. On all things ACC sports blog. Real good stuff there with Pokey Mark and everything else. Um, yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to be good week two, even though it won't be near. It's actually a quick one. But, again, it will be good to see those rivalries again. Uh, Pitt, Penn State, um, you know, uh, BYU, Utah. And, you know, it would be nice to see a new, new rivalry, such as Virginia Tech and Tennessee develop. But, anyway, thank you for joining me. This is Scott Burks, the clown Sign Signing off, 06. Enjoy your weekend. Bye.